Well, we are going to check in now with Sergeant Steve Addison, Vancouver Police Department media relations officer, about a couple of frightening incidents, one which happened just yesterday. Sergeant, thank you so much for being with us. No problem, Jill. Uh, And I know as well that uh, we've seen a charge laid in another uh, frightening incident, but I'm hoping we can start at what happened at this cafe, Cafe du Soleil, during brunch yesterday. This is a cafe on Commercial Drive. What do we know about this robbery? Yeah, so this I mean, we're in the early stages of this investigation. We're only 24 hours into it, um, so we've still got a lot of work to do, but I think we've got um, a lot that we can work with. Um, what we know is that around 11 o'clock Sunday, like right at the height of brunch when, when the restaurant was full of people, full of staff, full of customers, uh, two men uh, with guns uh, barged in and committed um, a takeover-style robbery. So they pointed their guns at people, uh, they... Uh, told people to get on the ground, they threatened to hurt people, they threatened to shoot people, and they robbed people of valuables. Fortunately, um, nobody uh, suffered life-threatening injuries. We did have one person who uh, suffered some um, uh, some non-life-threatening injuries, but you can imagine um, a restaurant full of people, both staff uh, and customers, uh, Sunday morning brunch at a time when they should feel safe, uh, when they don't expect something like this to happen, um, physical injuries aside, the psychological trauma, the emotional trauma, the anxiety that goes along with um, being victimized in this way is something that's going to um, take a long, long time to recover from. So this is very much a priority investigation for us. Our major crime section is on it, and uh, we've been working uh, really around the clock since yesterday, pulling out all the stops to uh, to figure out who these guys are. In your time with the Vancouver Police Department, have you responded to or heard of a case like this before? Okay, yeah, cases like these do happen. Um, they're rare, um, and but they do happen. And when they happen, they cause a lot of fear. Uh, they cause a lot of anxiety, and they, they generate a lot of attention, and rightly so. Um, yesterday, we had a bunch of people who were minding their own business in a place where they should feel safe, and two people uh, did something to that was extremely violent to make them feel unsafe. Um, and um, for us, uh, we take this very seriously, um, we want to identify who these people are, not just to hold them accountable, uh, but to prevent something else like this from happening uh, again. Um, but while it is also important to reiterate that while these cases like these do happen from time to time, um, they are uh, rare. Um, and in this particular case, I think it's probably quite solvable. I think we have a lot lot to work with. We've got a lot of work to do, um, but we'll work through it. We'll work through the evidence to hopefully identify the people, arrest them, and have them held accountable through the courts. Did anybody get a description, or were they able to tell police anything mm-hmm. uh, distinguishable about these two people? Yeah, So, and, and that's one of the challenges that we have in an investigation like this. And not only did we have two suspects who we think took... Uh, deliberate steps to conceal their identity, hats, hoodies, gloves. One of them was reported to have a a face mask, like I think a COVID-style mask on. So they took some steps to conceal their identities. But you can also, if you've ever been involved in in a dynamic situation, um, probably not to this degree, but involved in any kind of a dynamic situation where you've had to be an eyewitness, um, you get 12 or 15 different people. They all see different things. They all have different versions. They see it through different lenses. And our job is to sit down with them um, and and to go through uh, what they saw, what they know, what they heard, what was said. Um, to get a full picture of what happened. Um, we'll also be doing a, a thorough, we have been doing, and we will continue to be doing a full canvas 
for witnesses in video. We know in a lot of these cases, they come down to video. And we've had tremendous amount of success solving crimes by releasing video to the public uh, and having suspect, uh, suspects identified. And that's something that we'll certainly look at in this case. Um, but we've got, a lot, we've got a lot of work to do. It's a very serious crime. It's the early stages of the investigation. Uh, you mentioned that they stole from the patrons who were in the restaurant. And I understand they were stealing cell phones. Was that the bulk of what they took or, or did they take things like wallets and other things as well? Yeah, so at this point, um, we believe, so I can tell you that we believe this was, uh, this was targeted in the sense that the two suspects intended to go into that restaurant uh, to steal valuable items from people in the restaurant. Among those items were phones that were seized. There were other, also other valuable items that were seized that we're not going to talk about at this point, just because it's um, uh, for the integrity of the investigation. We just not, we're just not ready to disclose that at this point. Um, we don't necessarily believe that believe that the phones were um, the target of the robbery. In fact, we believe that the phones were at least some of the phones were uh, tossed away or dumped a short distance later and, and recovered. So it's quite likely that the phones were uh, were taken as an attempt by these. Uh, these criminals to prevent people from immediately calling 911, all part of the strategy to get away, uh, to delay police attendance. Fortunately, somebody did phone us and we were able to get there um, pretty quick and and launch our investigation. And and we've been uh, investigating ever since. Okay, and that makes sense because I was curious as well if, if, if the phones were taken exactly for that reason so people couldn't call or people couldn't record what was happening as we know people tend to do or if they were if they were taken as items of value, you would think that somebody would have find my iPhone or you'd be able, be able to kind of find where those phones went. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're thinking the exact same thing, um, or you're thinking the right way. Uh, quite likely, these were, phones were taken as a, as a means for them to avoid, uh, avoid people calling 911 um, or to avoid people taking pictures or video of them. Uh, can you talk a little bit? So, so they entered the, the cafe, as you said, a full cafe of people just sitting down to brunch and both had guns, handguns. Do we know, were they actual handguns or replica guns? Um, well, we're going to operate on the assumption that they were real guns. Uh, the suspects left, and we have not located the, them yet, nor have we located the guns. Um, but we're we're treating this as an armed robbery, and those guns, as far as we're concerned, uh, uh, are real. We have no reason to believe that they weren't. All right. And any idea then uh, kind of how much they got away with? Or like you said, some of, of what they took is not being uh, disclosed at this point. In that, d- Did they take things from everybody that was in the restaurant? Uh, I don't know if they took things from everybody, um, and um, you, you know, Joe, we always try to we always try to be as transparent as we can. In this case, because it's early stages of the investigation, there's a, there's a specific investigative investigative reason why we're not going to say what we believe was being targeted. Uh, but we do believe that there were valuable items that were in the possession of certain people that were being targeted. Um, and uh, we'll work uh, as we work to identify the the suspects here. We'll also work to try to recover that evidence. And do you know if patrons? I, and I get what you're saying that eyewitnesses will will remember things very differently. But were you able to even get the, if there was say uh, anything distinguishable about the voices of of these people or or even close to the ages? Um, again, um, we need to be. Uh, the answer is yes. Um, but we need to do our due diligence um, in, in this investigation because there are so many witnesses and victims. Um, we need to do our due diligence and make sure that we have 
um, accurate information before we start putting that information out to the public. Would hate to uh, at this point when it's such it was obviously so early in in such a dynamic uh, event um, to go forward with information that may not be accurate. So we've got to we've got to be methodical and meticulous in our investigation here and make sure that we are accurate in what we're. Uh, explain to people. The most important thing that I want people to know is that we, we take this extremely seriously. Um, it's extremely frightening. Um, we do not want this to happen again. And we're pulling out all the stops to identify the people responsible to um, take them into, to bring them into custody and to hold them accountable before the courts. And uh, we'll continue to do that. And what do you say to people then? And I, I know there's not really anything that, that you can, but people are going to hear this. Like I, I heard this story and saw it and thought, oh, it just seems so that people, the, the, how this unfolded and people thinking, well, now I can't even go out for breakfast or take my family to brunch without worrying about t- two guys breaking in and robbing me. Mm-hmm. I know it's frightening. And when you hear stories like this, uh, you're, um, uh, I think when you hear stories like this, it's, it's okay to, to feel that way. Um, again, this is a situation where people on a Sunday morning having brunch is the last thing that they probably expected. And it's completely natural for, um, for people to hear a story like this uh, and to be frightened or to feel a little bit of anxiety. I want people to know that um, situations like this um, when they do happen, that while while they do happen, uh, they're rare, uh, and and our uh, our success rate in identifying people in cases like this is is actually pretty good, especially when we can get good quality video or good quality eyewitness descriptions. So while it's completely normal for people to be fearful when they hear a story like this, we don't want we don't want to strike fear in people, um, but it's normal for people to be fearful of it. Um, our message to people, as it always is, if you see something that's unusual if somebody's making you feel unsafe if you see a crime if you got any information if you know who these guys are give us a call um talk to us uh in this case uh, a witness or a victim to this crime did phone 911 we were able to get officers there right away we know in cases like this evidence is perishable and the quicker we can get there to collect fingerprints and dna and video and eyewitness accounts and um and and, and take all of the investigative steps that we need to take the more likelihood we have of being able to quickly solve the case. So I, that's why I think we're in a good, in, 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 well, this is not solved yet, and we've got a lot of work to do. I think we've got a lot of work, uh, we've got a lot to work with, um, and uh, we'll just continue being, uh, we'll continue doing our jobs until we can uh, find these guys and arrest them and, and have them held accountable. Is there video from surrounding businesses or video of these two suspects? Yes, there is. Yeah. And, and um, part of our, our, um, our investigative process now is to uh, conduct a video canvas uh, to identify the suspects. If we can, I, and if we can use that video, often through help from the public, we've had a tremendous amount of success. Uh, we'll certainly do that to, to to identify these people. All right, and Sergeant, I've I've taken more time than I meant to, but I just wanted to t- quickly touch on another story as well. This one, there have been criminal charges laid, and this was a woman robbed while well, again doing something that people do every day, getting money out of an ATM. Yeah, this is a case that happened over the weekend, and um, you know we've had heard a lot of stories about you know uh, random, violent, unprovoked attacks, and it, you know we're doing everything that we can when we when these get reported to us to hold offenders accountable. This was a case where we had a woman at a bank machine, Broadway and commercial, uh, in the evening. Uh, she, she walked in. She walked into the bank vestibule to take out some money, and a man approached her, asked her for a smoke, and she said no. Um, the man, the suspect, allegedly then shoved her against a wall, uh, demanded money. The victim was able to 
uh, fight back. She kicked at the suspect. She ran. She ran to a nearby business and called 911. Again, calling 911 is is right away is so important because we were able to get officers there. We were able to get the arrest the guy. We 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 got him. He was still in the ATM vestibule. And in fact, he was sleeping in the ATM vestibule. Um, so we were able to arrest him for robbery. He's since been charged with robbery. And the last I checked this morning, he was still in custody, which is a good thing. All right, uh, Steve Addison, thank you so much for your time and for joining us to talk more yep. about this today. My pleasure. Have a great day.